Welcome back, everybody, to Top Drawer Podcast. It is Adam and Alex again. Match week two, done and dusted. We're here with all the scores. Transfer business, heating up. Liverpool woke up. Mickey Edwards saw what the date was on the calendar. He started spending money. Uh, We've got an old face that's come back home after he's gone and won everything there is to win. Mm. We'll get into that. Keppa, thanks for one last memory this weekend, Mm -hmm. but you're out of here. We're going to get on into all of those transfers coming up. We're going to look ahead. Uh, we have some new names in the Golden Boot that showed up this weekend. Uh, an angle I was on last week, I'm, I'm doing a full 180 on, hmm. on not only a player but possibly a team. Uh, we'll get into that a bit. And as always, we'll look forward to match week three. So for Adam. I'm Alex. This is Top Drawer. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, we're going to run down a lot of goals. A lot of goals A lot this of goals, man. And it popped off first. Man, I had a busy Saturday. Um, I had to re-sod some in the backyard, so I was up at the sod farm at like 9 a.m. getting it mm. and unloading all this stuff and trying to – Keep it on your phone. Yeah, so I completely forgot that there was a the early game. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching leads, and they're popping off. And, and then, you know, I hear – on a halftime show about, well, you know, 5-2. I'm like, that's right, Everton, yeah, played, right. Everton played early, right? My mind was somewhere else. So that's where we start. Everton, 5-2 over um, Eastern European nightclub owner Slavon Bilic's West Brom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leeds, Fulham, Leeds won 4-3. Man United, uh, they, they stumbled out of the block. They lost to Palace, 3-1. Arsenal downs West Ham, 2-1. Southampton goes down big. Five to two to Tottenham. Newcastle gets blanked by Brighton, three nil. Chelsea blanked by Liverpool, two nil. Uh, Leicester they beat Burnley, four two. Aston Villa one nil over Sheffield and Wolves somehow lost one three. We'll get into that later, but but mm-hmm. that was our uh, that was our match week two scores from it. So like we said, a lot of goals, bags lot, of them. Yeah, a lot to watch this week. What what did <clears throat> what's what's most front and center in your mind after match week two well i caught most of these games that's actually a lie uh but going back through and re-watching some of these matches and, and watching the highlights on a lot of them um brighton and newcastle that match and not not for newcastle not yeah. for how good of a game it right. was let me tell you about that but Tariq lamptey that's my guy i Called it last week. The fir- He got taken off early in the second half, but that whole first half, he was just on that right close sideline, just up and down the pitch, just making a bear of a time for everybody. Seven minutes deep, goes down in the penalty box, got his legs taken off from underneath him. He was just, nobody could keep up with him, and nobody could figure out what to do with him. Yeah, he was dangerous. He almost, I think, after the penalty, <clears throat> halfway through the first, I think he had a, a good shot on mm-hmm. target. He played some nice balls through the box. Yep. It's, it's Lamptey FC is what yep. it really is. He's a he's a joy to watch. Him, and so we have uh, uh, Maupe uh, scoring the, uh, uh, the penalty, comes back later with a beautiful uh, uh, little uh, flick on to make it 2-0. Um, and then you have the Belgian, Leonardo uh, Trossard. He had a couple good strikes on goal. None went in, couple offsides, hit the woodwork like two times, I think. I mean, any time Brighton had the ball in West or uh, Newcastle's second half, you thought they were going to go in for it, or at least they were going to put a couple balls in the box and make the goalkeeper do some work. Yeah, they uh, Newcastle really odd, right? Uh, looked great opening weekend. Figured like they 
they rechanged their shape almost to match Eddie Howe's mm-hmm. um, Bournemouth to fit Callum Wilson, which, you know, yeah. good good thinking, good right? You you got him. He's going to lead your line. Um they didn't have a, they didn't have an answer mm-hmm. and uh it was it was really not much of a contest, which is odd because, you know, Brighton have some pieces. They had a good second half um after the restart and uh, but Newcastle, you know, they're not far off. They've got some good players. They've mm-hmm. you know they got Jamal Lewis uh, to help on that back line. You know, they still have Lacalles. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. They they shouldn't be played off the pitch like they were. No, um, and especially I mean they weren't playing a Leicester. They weren't pay- playing Wolves. They were playing Brighton. Who, that's what I mean. No, no shade against Brighton, but they're their level, yeah, right? At, you know, at least, yeah. It's not that Newcastle is miles better or anything, but that's. They should That's be competing level. in that game at a bare minimum. Yeah. And it was astonishing to see. But uh, even aside from that, just watching uh, Brighton fly around the pitch was fun to see. It was a really enjoyable game to watch. Which one did you have your eye on this past weekend? So the one that I had to go back and I'm telling on myself, but the one that I had to go back and, and really put my eyes on and watch the replay was so Everton-West Brom, mm. 5-2. Um, there was a lot to take from that game. So on the surface, it looks like all right, Carlo Ball, right? AC yep. Milan in England. That that looked, must be what it is, right? Just like it in the early going. But you know they go down early. They give up the first goal, and watching it, and I was saying the same thing on the highlight when I'm watching Yerry Mina continue to concede space. Um, and and they get he gets right outside the box and he doesn't step up step up and mm-hmm. present a challenge to the ball he just continu- continues to drop yep. back step, keep and they back. and they and he scores off of it and he, they see a shot of Carlo on the sideline and he literally says step up to the ball mm-hmm. so that was eye opening you know it was it was rookie kind of stuff from him it was but I. I think we're going to see some of that. I mean, the Carlo effect will take hold, and it, and it did later on in the game. I mean, they it, they pulled it back together, and it looked like Carlo Ball in, in spurts and spits. So, so like, yeah. yeah, like I said at the beginning, I'm kind of going back on myself. So we asked the question last week, you know, Rashilison, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, are mm-hmm. they the pieces that fit with all the new faces Carlo's brought in? Mm-hmm. DCL has a hat trick, to be fair, some tap-ins, yeah. but right place, right time, where he needs to and be. That's where you want to put him. Finish the ball. Richarlison, we ask questions about his end product, which, again, he still needs to find that yeah. more ruthless you know, goal He's side for attack, him. Attack but the, the first goal. two goals, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's first one was a goal-mouth scramble that he tapped in. Uh, the corner that Michael Keane scored on, the rebound, was off of Richarlison mm-hmm. header. He was dangerous. He was direct on the left. He played plenty of balls in from that left side, asked tons of questions mm-hmm. of West Brown that they didn't seem to have any answers for. But again, on the whole, if you look at the game, they gave up that second goal in the 47th minute right after Jaimez scored that really nice ball oh, beautiful, from Richarlison yeah, in the bottom right corner. Mm-hmm. So as well as they were playing, you have West Brown still right there. And that that forty seventh minute strike in the second half uh, by Pereira on the free kick was, was outstanding. 
This was also right after Kieran Gibbs just went just try to full blackout and yeah. just got sent off for a second yellow mm. right before halftime. So they, they end up winning 5-2. They, they, they looked really good. It looks like a team that has the pieces to stick their nose up in for top six. I'm not calling it. No. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things they have to put together. You know, is their midfield of Allen, Dracore, and Gomez, is that enough Mm. to boss games against those top six sides? You know, are they going to be able to run rough shot over Jeannie Vinealdum's big ass, Tiago Mm -hmm. and Henderson and Abby Kaita? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Can they do that against everybody that Man City's going to roll out? You know, they have like 400 midfielders that are all just top class. You know, even against United. More established spots. Can they run that against mm-hmm. Fernandez, a veteran like Matic that can't run, but you know he puts himself in positions he, he, to be able he, to be where the ball is going to be. Things like that. Yeah. He's you know Wolves the same. You've got Matinho. Yeah. You've got Neves. You've got these really strong midfield. These strong midfields that really, that's what the top six, the top seven and mm-hmm. eight, maybe outside of Burnley, you're going to find. And yeah. so I think defensively, you know, they've got Seamus Coleman, they've got Digne on on their as their fullbacks. Um Keane and Mina, I don't know. I don't think that they are the answer. No, not by overall, but I don't know if they're a glaring hole. Well, and I'll be interested to see when if if Carlo Ball doesn't fully come into view or if they go on a a two two three match losing streak. Do the pieces fall apart? Do does does the cohesion that he's trying to almost kind of force into his system to make work? When it works, it's beautiful to watch and it's good football. But if if they start to slip, are they going to be able to 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 stabilize themselves and get back into it? Yeah, and it's what was so interesting about him coming to Everton because as great as Carlo is, he's never gone somewhere where he had to build it. Right now, I, he's not coming through the academy with all these players. He's going out. There's a consortium there that's spending money and they're letting him pay. But even then, he's never had to do that. He's been able to do that. He's been able to supplement already good lineups with better players. That was one of the things when it was talk about him going to Liverpool was he told FSG that he needed a whole new spine Mm -hmm. for him to come and I don't know if there was dollars or what, but I'm sure there was some kind of figure that he said, if I'm coming, I need a new spine. Yeah. And whether that was what put it off, but but that's kind of the thing, right? He's not a slow burn guy. But even still, you know, I was surprised when he went to Everton. And- it was a surprise move, and, and I think we all kind of saw the Hamas. I mean, I was still surprised when Hamas went. To yeah. Everton, and yeah. yet it, I wasn't surprised that Angelotti was going for him. Yeah. Gets him at Real, takes him to Bayern brings him to Everton. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems almost it like made a match sense, made but at the same happen. time, you wonder if there was a spot where it's like, Am I really mercy go side England for not the predominant team right. in that city. Right. But you know, good on him. I mean, Hey, they, scored a beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful goal. I can talk. And, that, uh, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd I, I think see like, look, again. as a Liverpool fan, you know, I, I don't, want them to win of course not. but i you know i love i love the jordan pickford moments even more the sadio mane in the 90 plus yeah. minutes right so 
Cool. Let him run top six. It's the same right? thing I said when Leeds came up. I hate yeah. to see him up here, but you know what? Beating him will be even I'd, even better. Again. I'd love to snatch their souls. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're you know, I'd love to do it. Right, so, to beat him out of uh, out of fourth place for Champions League football one last time. I also again. like beating them. You know, five nil when we have like twenty six shots on to their like yeah. two. Like that's great. So but. either way, all right. Um, so transfers. We're we're in it. Silly season. You know, it's extended mm-hmm. into perpetuity you just buy everybody now. yeah it's not running um, by the time this window ends we're gonna be in january right. and we're gonna be doing this talk right over again that's right so so the long daytime soap opera that was tiago alcantara to liverpool mm. ended somehow arguably one of the best central midfielders in the world mm. signs for 25 million pounds it's cheaper than i thought he was gonna go for the initial quote price to, when the rumors were like 45 or yeah, something it, at, i at thought that was high but it was always I didn't like think he was getting under 30 it was always 30 35 but you know last year the deal whatever and from what it sounds like he was close to signing with byron in mm-hmm. june and then his head got turned heard that Klopp wanted him to come and then it didn't matter if anyone else was coming for a higher bid yeah he wasn't going to sign on and when you're 29 and you played at Bar- barcelona you played at byron you, you can pick where you want to go true right so he, excuse me, he goes uh, then out of nowhere, it seems, Diego Jata from Wolves, 41 million pounds, um, real nice signing. Someone who's going to supplement the attack isn't going to slot right in, but, you know, there's plenty of matches to be played. And especially with this compressed season, you're mm-hmm. going to see, I think, a lot of teams continue to do things like that if they're able to, because I think once like November hits, it's like, double December schedule type yeah, fixtures. I think it's, it's I think it's almost in every other day for the yeah, next two it's, months. Yeah. It's a lot. So but Spurs, Spurs welcome back the prodigal son. Gareth Bale. Uh, Gareth Bale. He's here. He's tired of all the golf courses in Spain. Why don't you play them all a couple of times? I mean, right? He needs a new challenge. I don't think he was into golf back when he was still living in Wales and England. So yeah. I don't I don't Although I, what else would you be in if you lived in Wales and England? Football, I guess. I guess. But so, so he's class. back on initial loan. There's news reports today that he could stay permanently. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they have who an knows? Option to buy is probably what's going to end up. Yeah, happening. I mean it makes sense for him. He doesn't want to go back. Issue is what's Real Madrid going to ask for him when that time comes? Are they going to they're going to do a, a pull a Messi and say give me the eight hundred million dollar release clause or whatever his is? Yeah. So it's that soap opera soap opera is not over, but he is uh, back in London. It'll be um, nice to see him back. Sergio uh, Regulon, the left back from Real Madrid, the young kid, he signs as well for $28 million. Chelsea, their pockets oh, man. never run dry. The only thing that they have to watch out for other than money is oil, mm-hmm. right? Russian oil. Because instead of spending a new world record on a goalkeeper, they went the other way, which maybe find a good one regardless of yeah. what they're going to charge you. And it seems that as of today... Um, Seems that they've they're on the track. Lampard mm. said that there was a medical happening today, and as long as that checks out, Eduardo Mendy, uh, another Mendy, not myself not for you, because uh, that is our surname, mm-hmm. just not with a Y. Another Mendy joins the Premier League. Eduardo Mendy from Rene, mm-hmm. uh, rumored twenty-two million pounds, handpicked allegedly by uh, Petr Cech, 
who is on the Chelsea staff mm-hmm. as some ridiculous name for like goal. it's goalkeeping. Yeah. It's like goalkeeping scout. It's our goalkeeper is absolute shit. Please Goal, help please us. Please find us. I will pay you anything. Just just fix it. Whatever you need to do, fix it. it That's his title. Kappa does it doesn't help Kappa that he had some massive errors. What a on going the away gift. Oh my oh, good lord. God bless he him. had one or two decent saves, but it doesn't make up. He gave up a goal just on Oh he, my god. He Loris carries it. He passed it straight out. Amane just toe poked it. I didn't, it's funny on a like wide angle shot, you can see Bobby on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's pointing, he's calling Mane, like, yeah, cover this outlet right here at the top of the box. Sure enough, pass right to him. So, yes, so it seems uh, the once determined never to leave the field, Keppa mm. is out of here. Um, I'm, like, I'm sure Chelsea will have six or seven more players to buy. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see if they can... I'm sure somebody will buy Kepa, but they're going to ask like forty or something for him. He's going to be gonna he's going to be like a carious. He's going to be loan, 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 yeah. loan, loan, yeah. loan. Just cover his wages. We already paid the money. Um, so, Wolves uh, they sign Nelson Smedo from Barcelona at right back at the end of the match on Monday night. Nuno uh, hinted that Morris. Well, didn't hint. He said yes. We need to continue to strengthen. Mm-hmm. Didn't drop any names. So. Their irons are still hot in the fire, and your boys, uh, it's not Sancho. Nope. But um, It's not Regulon either. Somehow Spurs can outbid. I don't know what's going on around uh, here. Tellez from Porto, uh, it seems to be, as the English would say, hotting up. Mm-hmm. Not final yet, but it, it you know there's plenty of smoke to it. So We'll see. Definitely like to see a, a left back. I know uh, uh, um, Shaw was asked the question and he's our starting left back Luke Shaw and uh, uh, he said you know having more players is going to help this team out having more players to challenge for positions but you know your standard response but to see him have any type of response for that was like okay well maybe because I want bring him in let's yeah so it's weird though I mean I don't rate Luke Shaw but I don't he's not number one with a bullet for me on your line no I mean you have two refrigerators at center back and Zaha for that second goal turned Lindelof yeah. inside out. Lindelof could have got a boot on that, on that ball. If he really stretched his leg out for it. McGuire didn't help him once he saw nope. that Lindelof over pursued and Zaha went around him mm-hmm. uh, at the top of the box. But yeah. You, yeah. I could go for a center back. Yeah. And you know, you spent the money on Wambasaka. So Wambasaka. So not to talk about, you know, I know we're in transfer news for him, but they played. Transfer news is over, bro. That's yeah, all I, I got for now. They, Cut it loose. United played like a team that thought they could rest some players and just went on their laurels type of thing. Not Apparently nobody watched CP's game from last week and saw them come out flying down the wings. Apparently it's, it's, it's not owl, like Wilfred Zaha was on the team when Ollie was still kicking around somewhere. It's owl, it's owl season, apparently, because old owl eyes right there, old owl face, Roy Hodgson, has Palace Boys humming. I mean, he, he's been there for three years, which is, we talked about that last week, <sighs> a, an astonishment in itself. Um, but it was nice to see Van de Beek get a goal, just kind of sweep it into, this, uh, into the corner, but I'll take it on a debut. Can't ask for much more than that other than a win. But Yeah, when I, I watched most of that. In between my, you know, laying sod in my backyard, uh, it was weird. There was such a disconnect 
in your midfield, like from your back line to your midfield. And even watching Crystal Palace and how they were shaping the ball within in their own possession as an offensive set, you mm. know what I mean? And, you know, like Liverpool do it really well <clears throat> and, and they play back a lot and they – if it's not there initially, they don't force and they just kind of yeah. keep recirculating. Man City does that a lot. Um, Wolves can tend to do that too, where they like to recirculate. Yeah. Okay, just through try the back again. line. Through the like, back line. We're gonna we're gonna keep, and then as it presents itself, they continue to progress. Mm. Um, and I remember thinking like, it's not that they didn't have service to their forwards, but I I just couldn't ever remember like how it was looking, right? Yeah. Uh, a cohesive strategy that was displaying itself to me mm-hmm. on how these balls would get yeah. to the forwards, What's what our, I could anticipate. Yeah. And, and I couldn't make any, it was almost like it didn't happen. I find myself, and, and this has been, I mean, pretty much since the end of Sir Alex Ferguson's reign, but I find myself going, I'll be standing up looking at my television, pointing you need to run here. Make a run there. Like it's like our, we're set up in triangle formation, but you can't just stand. You, somebody's right. got to like okay, right, yeah, gotta, they're gonna. If you yeah. just stand there, they're gonna come and stand in front right, of you. Right. So move. Pick go. Yeah. Like somebody, you know. So Pogba, I can see the frustration in his eyes sometimes because he'll be, he'll do some movement around this, the uh, the midfield line, and then nobody will do anything around him, or nobody will pass the ball. So he'll come running all the way back to the back line, take it off Lindelof's feet, and then he'll just maraud into the midfield and hope that that triggers somebody else to make a run so that he can pass and then nobody does and he's got to play it back and then that's how yeah, that goes. And that's, you go what, what are we doing here that's kind of that's kind of what i was looking at it's like you know what, what you're not playing route one ball you're not just knocking nope. it long it wasn't tiki taka but you weren't holding possession no but you weren't pressing like i i didn't yeah. it was like a ball was thrown out there and it was like and there was right, just go. eleven blows. Yeah, just like from like the there street. was no yeah. like what are they doing in training? Yeah, because I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, even the runs when they had the ball in the final third still looked more instinctual rather than I know if I go here, somebody's it'll a pull gap. Yeah. him here to open this, or he's running here yeah. that's going to open like it, when Van De, when Vanderbeek came on there was a little bit more he seemed to kind of be trying to dictate mm-hmm. and again though he's only had how many sessions so it's not like he has right some immense intrinsic grasp of of their offense of whatever it is it seemed probably more of just trying to more command, intuition right you know, you like, know this this is understood as an offensive right. kind of mindset i'm going to make this run pass me the ball please but i think that's kind of you know i don't i don't know yeah. those are it's kind. Of, it's it's a question that I'm going to be paying attention to Definitely. to I see mean, if it was just a one off that maybe Palace was doing something and they didn't have a plan B and they didn't know where to go. Roy Hutchinson, the tactician, yeah, absolute <laughs> tactical mastermind. <laughs> well, so hopefully we get past that. I mean, I know I'll be hoping for that. A classic but Hodgson. Since since I did bring up the main, I do want to talk about what kind of transition from from the game specifically. So VAR, especially this weekend, has been going absolute nuts with offside calls, calling things back onside, back offside, disallowing goals, allowing goals that shouldn't have been allowed, like the Woods goal for Burnley off his arm, kicks it back in the net. It's the only one that's allowed. All the other ones are disallowed, yada, yada. But we made this point 
I don't remember if it was last week or the it must have had to have been last week after match week one. Or maybe it was during uh, the community show. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But we made the point about how they don't, for offside calls, they're told to keep the flag down. I believe it was community shield. Let the play run out until the play ends, whether it ends in a goal or change of possession, and then yeah. uh, we'll decide if we need to put up the flag or whatnot. And we the comment was made both by the commentary team during the game and by us post, uh, what if somebody got hurt? What if the, the, the example the commentary team made was, what if Trent Alexander-Arnold just swept the legs out of somebody? That should have been a red card, but if he was technically offsides and that did that play never happen, can you still give him a red card or a yellow for that or what have you? So before you get into your full point, I have the answer for that. Oh, do you know? Because I forget what match it was, but there was a card. There was a foul. or Was it a card or a penalty? But that happened. I think it was a penalty. I think it might have been Man City, the De Bruyne penalty. I think they were looking back prior might not have been. Anyways, it was a penalty or a red card, and they were looking back prior to see if there was an offside prior to the foul or whatever it was that was called. There wasn't an offside, but they checked for that. Well, that's fine, but what if they would have called the offside? Then technically all of this plays, so then does that penalty not count? So this is what I'm trying to get at because for uh, in the United game at the 71st minute, um, uh, there was a penalty given. Rightfully so. They got a little fortunate, but rightfully so a penalty. Um, Jordan Ayew steps up to take it, just lazily tries to slot in the back bottom left corner. De Gea goes down, saves it, jumps on the ball, play restarts, they go off, and then they, you know, they play for another 36 seconds before play is stopped because VAR contacted the ref and said, stop it. De Gea was off his line by one step. The Call was technically right. I'm not arguing that. What I'm arguing or talking about is the 36 seconds of play. What if United went down and scored? What if Palace scored again? What if there was a penalty? What if somebody got hurt? What if United immediately after that threw it out of play and did a substitution? Some guy went and sat down. Another guy came on. Do you reverse the substitution? Do you take away a penalty? Do you take away a goal? How do you take away an injury if that were to happen? And so I'm not certain what I want from this. I know here for football in America, play is stopped, but that's we stop play. Well, and if if a play restarts, it, you can't go back. Exactly. So and, so De Gea playing that ball out, right, wouldn't have been able to. Now you can make a, a case since we don't stop playing in in football, he has all the right to replay because technically play has never been stopped, right. right? So how does he restart something that's? I just don't know how forty sec- about 40 seconds can go by and all these things could happen and then you decide, no, we got to go back and f- change. I get you want to fix the error, but you can. there can't be 40 seconds of yeah. play can't go by. The it thing, just can't. The thing about that, I, I'm, I'd be willing to bet that's more of a one-off, especially this year with the memo that went out that you know the linesman is so much closer now that they if you are off by inches, yeah. you're called back. And that's what happened. By the hair and, is on your big toe. And, to be fair, I can't say too much about it because my team won a fifth European Cup with Jerzy Dudek basically running off his line. <laughs> I can't say. I mean, he was off. He was like steps off his line. Yeah. So I can't say too much. However, that's got to be better. They're, like, that's got to just be a human error, right? They're, they have to find a camera angle that's better and dedicate that. You know, wherever their home office is, mm. where that VAR official is, 
I don't where know. that's all he's looking at on the penalty. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a close-in shot. And so he's got his finger on a buzzer right away, or right into his mm-hmm. ear or to his watch or however they notify. And it's got to be like that. And I think there's there's there does have to be a point where you want to get it right but you can't sacrifice the integrity of the game. So there's right. got to be a, a, a five count, a four count, mm. a something where I don't get it as this official. I can't call it. Right. Even if I know it past it. And and if I see it six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 seconds later, well, that's an error on my part right. and my superiors and my performance and review we figure out how to do is going to deal with that later. Right. But I can't, I now can't stop the game right. well, because, like, because of what you said, yeah. right? Especially 36. That's, it's well, and like in specific, I literally, this literally just came to my head. So, specific for a penalty situation like this, so there's two options in the penalty either he saves it and retains possession, or United retain possession or get possession, whatever it is. Um, you can, since they're on their goal line, basically, after saving a penalty, it's not like they're going to get possession out on in the final third of the opponent's half. You can just call for a drop ball. Yeah. And stop play, keep time on your watch, like you would for any other incident. If somebody fell down and hit their head, you could call for a drop ball, stop play, but keep the clock running. And then if if CP get the ball back off the save, okay, well, in the next seven seconds, it's either going to end in a goal or they're going to recycle it back to the top of the box. Yeah, there's nothing – There's in that situation, if if the save is spilled out and, and – I mean – Right. That gets stopped. Event. But, but yeah, once, I mean, yeah, but once it goes away, like either yeah. they either they're going to score in the next five to ten seconds of the mess in front of the goal, or it's going to go out for a corner, or it's it's going to there's going to be a point there where needs you can to be, that isn't forty seconds. And I think that was that was probably more the exception, um, the unicorn in errors. Yeah, uh, the one that we you know the one that you see all the time with offsides, you know where you see the replay and the linesman's right there and the offsides is clear and he knows he's going to raise his flag, mm. but the instruction to the referees is to wait. I, but sometimes it'll, there's like always a caveat to these rules and it's like, well, if it's so clear, you can throw it up just so they don't like, if they're 10 yards off that you'll see them do that. And they'll say, and the announcers will be like, yeah, it was just so clear. So they put it up, even though they're not supposed to, it's like, well, okay, well, are we doing it? Or are we not yeah, doing it? And I mean, I understand if, if you believe it to be offsides, but it's relatively close, keep it down. That's the point of instant yeah. replay because you can come back and you can check it. If I blow the whistle and stop play, mm. you can't reset everybody at a full running start right. Right. and that, you can't do it. Um, but there does need to be. And, you know, they there was one thing that I saw that I liked a bit that was different this year than there was last year. So in I believe Kevin Friend was the official for the Liverpool match. I believe. I think so, yeah. Michael Oliver was the VAR official in the home office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christensen literally tackles. Yeah. American tackles. I've seen softer rugby tackles. Sadio Mane, who is through on goal, and he's given a yellow card, which I don't understand that. It's one like It was one of those things where that's a real issue when a referee is giving a card in a situation that it can only be one card. There was no one else around yeah. and he just laid on, even if it was an accidental clumsy challenge 
and he fell onto him. It's still a denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity, mm. which is a red. I you saw... couldn't have made you couldn't have made the argument uh, that he was shoulder to shoulder with, which happened in another game. I believe it was Sheffield Aston Villa. John Egan was like half a step behind and was arm fighting. If you're yeah. shoulder to shoulder, you can arm fight. Well, I don't. I might have been the Egan send off. No, no, because it was it kept. Yeah, had, it was kept. It was it was during. It was uh, during the tackle of Mane. I think it was, so Arlo White must have said, said it when I was watching. So Kepa had come charging out mm. and was within five meters of it. And so he... he Is I, it a clear goal scoring opportunity? Well, yeah, and I had, never, I had never heard that argument because there's always a keeper. Yeah, yeah. 98% of the time. Right. There, and it's still a clear goal scoring opportunity. Yeah. If you're in on goal, yep. you're in on goal. It, but he was it, the argument hinged on... Was he close enough, almost as if he would have been another defender as opposed right. to... And I've never heard that before. It well, was I mean, mildly you, compelling, but I went, no, nah, just we've yeah. never done that before. So just... Yeah. But so what I liked about it was Kevin Friend inexplicably gives a yellow card for whatever reason. Whatever. And it goes to VAR. Mm-hmm. And Michael Oliver must have told him, because you then see Take him... Take a look at it. ...looking at the screen, mm-hmm. which... There's an issue, and that we saw it last year with someone else who's within this guild, if mm-hmm. you will, this Knights Templar mm-hmm. that is sports officials, not wanting to shit on a coworker. Yeah, which I, I don't get it. Right? You right. know, we're here to make the right call because we're right all call. we all see it. Whether you back them up or not, we're not stupid. If mm-hmm. it's the wrong call, now you both look dumb. Yeah. So in this instance, he says, I don't know what he says. You would assume it's you have to call this. It was it had to have been for pomp and circumstance for well, just the optics of it because there's no way Michael Oliver went and said, you know, I think I don't know, I think well, there might so be something. Technically, to look at. technically, the the power falls with the on field referee. So it the, didn't the, last year. The, the assistant referee, what they do, um, this might be new to this year. Tells them you ha- you should go take a look at this. Go look at the screen, but it's on it's on him. He could still go. He can still go, uh, no, I don't see it. Like, they did that in UEFA fine. last year. For, That's for, fine. Or two years ago for the Champions League. It should always be like that. Yeah. It should be your your onus, right? Because it shouldn't be put on someone who we saw last year, for whatever reason, they all lack the moxie mm-hmm. to make those not clear cut. You clearly just didn't see yeah. it. And so you didn't produce the card because you, in that split second, looked away. You just... Mm-hmm. But we can't have that anymore. And so if the best way to do it is you to own up to your own stuff. Well, and I think whatever. that's the best, especially for being the on-field ref. You have, uh, you know, if somebody overrides your, your red or your penalty from some booth far away, you know, you, you, you're – you're doing a game in Manchester or whatever, reffing a game in Manchester. Some 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 studio in London phones you in the earpiece and says, "No, you got to overturn this. That was wrong, and you don't have any say in it." Well, now I, I got I got this. Somebody's over my shoulder for the for the next seventy minutes of this match, thinking about this. But if if you give it the power back to them and say, "Hey, you need to look at this," and if they call it the same, then that's on them for their performance review. But also, if it's like the offside, there was an offside call that disallowed a goal. I don't remember if it was the Everton match. I we gotta it, we gotta start nailing those down, don't we? 
Okay. This is, this there, is was, the, there was ten no, matches. I'm just this as weekend. I'm just as guilty. Well, there's gonna be ten matches every week. True. I'm just as guilty this week. Uh, a lot going on. And they the, disallowed a goal, and it went to VAR, and they overruled it. But the on-field referee, who is at that point in time the leader of the referees, who and they all travel together. It's the right. same group, and so that way they can in the locker room later that day and say, "Hey, it was a it was a, a toenails." I'll distance away. VAR caught it. I saw it. I overruled you. I'm not going to say I'm sorry because you were wrong, but there's no way you could have seen that from across 50 yards of pitch. And you can talk about that as opposed to having to explain why some booth far away overruled your decision. I can, we can have a conversation now about it. I think that's at least the better way to go. Yeah. There's gotta be something. I mean, England seems to be the only country that hasn't figured it out properly, but they're doing it different, yeah, right? We don't have a good job over here either. So, all right. Well, enough of the officiating. Um, did you watch? Did you watch any of the Man City Wolves? I watched the highlights. So Man City does what Man City does, right? They they come out, they look great. I don't understand how they still are scoring goals with their winger like Sterling running to the touchline and then pulling the ball back for a late run through midfield. Mm -hmm. It is like 80% of their goals have to come from that, honest to God. And every time you see him on like the shoulder of the center back making that run and the ball played through, I just scream. I, I go, you know, everybody else needs to collapse down basically onto the penalty spot. Yep. Because that's where the ball's going. Get cut in Let his defender yeah. take him to the touchline. But everybody else has to come back to the penalty spot because it's what they do every time. Mm. And sure enough, that was the first goal. Uh, Saiz got a little uh, overextended on a challenge that had no business challenging. I mean, De Bruyne was running to the touchline on the edge of the box. Slides, misses the ball, mm-hmm. penalty. But then it opens up in the second half. Wolves really came alive in the second Pondance, half. That nutmeg of De Bruyne. He owns all of De Bruyne's oh assists. Oh, my God. Because then he almost – or no, then they did. That was that was Jimenez's yeah, goal. Yeah, so that he was the header him, goal, yeah. Comes and then through, that beautiful great cross. Ball. Oh, my gosh, yes. Great ball. Jimenez is like he's a, Mexican he's a, Firmino. He's a heat-seeking missile. Me- he's a Mexican Firmino. He does so much. Half the time he's off the spot. He's doing all these other things, and he just – it works, up. but yeah. that Pondons kid that they have, mm-hmm. Daniel Pondons, yeah. he is that flick that he tried to do, chipping uh, Ederson, who once just. again is just in no man's land because yeah. he forgets he's not a midfielder. Yeah. He had one. I was watching. Uh, my son came into the. I was technically working from home, and I had it on one of the screens. And my oldest came in, and he had one where he curled it, and it, it went off mm-hmm. the um, back stanchion. The, the tension the stanchion, netting. and it, it looked like it yeah. was banging. Yeah, but I mean, was they there was him. like that, like from like the fiftieth minute on, they were just alive. Mm-hmm. And how they didn't win that match, honest to God, obviously they got Jesus scores the third goal at the death. Yeah, but I mean, that the, the last like thirty minutes of that match all was all wolves, yep. and you know, I. I love to see it. I picked him. I picked him as the match to watch the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a little concerned because Wolves. You know, the Molyneux is a nice place to go to. The way they play, it's very emotional. You know, it kind of pulls on that kind of stuff. They kind of they're a smell blood type mm-hmm. of team. Yeah, where, you show fear around them. Yeah, they're so going to attack. So even like away, right? 
you know, they, they start putting pressure on it. They nick an early one against you mm-hmm. and your fans start getting restless and you kind of sit back and sulk yeah. a minute. Their I mean, fans are going through it. the roof. They yeah, they're are on you. on you right away. And they, so I'm, you know, kind of, I was kind of concerned and, you know, they didn't look great in week one. Man City, a tough, a tough job to ask week two at mm-hmm. home, but with no fans. They look good. Unfortunately, they didn't get the three points. Still gives me hope. Um, the the miniature Portuguese national side that resides at the Molyneux, hopefully, you know, will we'll still be up there. Uh, Leeds, Fulham also. Oh, Man. cracking game. Whoever could have thought, like, I wasn't, I'm almost not getting surprised anymore when Leeds comes out and puts up a uh, puts puts up a quattro that, on top of people. That's what they do, right? They just they. But Fulham coming back. Well, Mitrovic, that was the most exciting part for me. Yeah, about I mean it. Mitrovic, he came on and he got that he got that third, and even prior to the third, you thought you felt something stirring in he, that Fulham you know, side. He had the first the first goal in like the 34th minute. Yeah. Um, but they were he was. You could just see him in his play. It was mm-hmm. just give me the service, give me the fucking ball, and and he got that third one. And it was like, okay, are we on? Is Leeds doing what they do, where they kind of can get overextended? Mm-hmm. And because I believe they lost to Fulham both times last year in the championship. Mm-hmm. So don't quote me on my champ. This is not a championship podcast. Uh, but I do believe that they lost both matches last it. year. Seemed like Mitrovic has not had their number. Well, you know, and he's, I mean, he's no spring chicken, right? He's, no, I mean, I remember watching him when he was with Newcastle. I mean, what was that, four or five years ago back when they were up? He looked good. The problem is nobody could get any service to him that yeah. wasn't route one over the top right. ball. You get that to him in his feet when he's driving towards the penalty spot, I mean, that's all he wants. Feed him. Feed the man. Mitrovic looks like Slavon Bilic's doorman. Not me. At the, the guy Eastern get, European, like gets illegal the, uh, rave. the suitcase out of yeah. the, the rolls. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When the kids, you know, had a few too many, you know, mm-hmm. gummy bears, right? And he's got to take them out the back door. That's Mitrovic. He's in like a he's in like a black suit with a white t shirt on, black velour track. Yeah, suit. he's like never talks to you. <laughs> that's him. Also, Slavon getting red sent off. You know, I mean, good on him. It was. It was. I mean. It was a good sending off initially. Yeah, but he, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what he wanted to talk to Mike Dean about, but I have a problem. And, and we all know Mike Dean, right? It's all Mike Dean. Even at halftime when the mm-hmm. match isn't being played yeah. and no one's in the stands, it's Mike Dean time. Yeah, Mike, Mike could have just walked Yeah, man. Like, I mean, Slavon on. was getting in his face a little bit, but just walk off the pitch, <laughs> yeah, man. It's not that, like you're stuck there on the pitch with him. You can literally just leave. Yeah. And, like, even more so, I don't know, like, part of me feels like when there's no fans there, like you should really have to be ridiculously abrasive mm-hmm. and like almost violent conduct. Yeah. In a halftime discussion like that to be sent off. Also because our we're sending him off as punishment, so he goes up in the stands, there's no fans. I could literally shout down to right, my right, yeah. to my I don't even have to yeah. shout to the assistant manager. Yeah. I could still shout at the players yeah. this entire time. What do I need to be on the touchline? Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like I his probably sending. have better vantage and a better way to right. shout my voice out. Give me a I didn't s- I didn't like his sending off. No. I I thought Mike I think Dean that was just more of Mike Dean being Mike, Mike Dean. Mike Dean. Yeah. So all right. Well that that is match week two. Um the table is still pretty congested. There's only two numbers on there, six three and 
not technically yeah. isn't a number, but um, not really much to look at on the table on how it's shaping up. Uh, You're telling me Leicester, Everton, Arsenal, Liverpool doesn't uh, tickle you fancy in that particular order? It's a race to find out who comes in second to Everton. That's what the Toffees would tell you. <laughs> um, before we before we start looking forward, who do you have for your uh, top drawer, top boy of the week? Uh, it was almost Slavon Bilic just for the fun part of seeing him back, but it wasn't. It's uh, Tariq Lamptey. I mean, I can't get over that kid. He looked like a – you know what he reminds me of? Is like a – and this is definitely not – an insult in any way, like a gnat, how quickly he was diving back and forth. Because they'd get up, they'd lose the ball, he'd be back defending. Then he'd be next thing you know, he's yeah. right back up in the final third, winning a penalty, putting a ball on the net in the keeper's hand, something. He, it was fun yeah, to watch. I, I, if, I, if, if my team didn't have Trent Alexander-Arnold, or if I was a fan of any other team, yeah, literally him. any other team, I, I would buy him. I want him. I, I would buy him. Mm-hmm. I, could, I mean, well, no, no, I would buy him to start, and I would teach him to defend and let him grow. He's nineteen, yeah. and just take the growing pains because you can see it there. And if he doesn't end up getting the defensive aspects to the level you want, throw him on the wing. Change your shape. Yeah, change. Yeah, figure it out because. He causes problems. Yeah, he was fun to watch. Good shout. So, again, my full full 180, my full heel, uh, Richarlison. Mm. I wanted, I, you know, everyone listening, well, yes, we know Hyunmin Sung scored four goals. Uh, mm. Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored three. Hyunmin Sung's four goals were abject failures in defense. Correct. Uh, he had arguably six to eight yards of space. At the point of the pass on every single goal, he was right on the shoulder, ready to make the run, and the defenders for Southampton were absolutely oblivious. Yeah. And everybody knows that Harry Kane likes to hang back into the midfield and ping passes. That was obviously even, satire there. But but he was Christian yeah. he looked like tall Christian Erickson. Yeah. It was really even, weird. Even if you didn't watch any tape of Hung Min Song at any point in his career, or last year or last Week even once he bagged two in the same way on you, maybe you don't let him do two more. <laughs> maybe you take your two center backs and you say you don't you on you're in his right pocket, you're in his left pocket. Well, pay attention, and you don't and, move and step up. Yeah, right. Pulling off sitting trap. on your shoulder, maybe you need to get a little closer. So so yeah, so I couldn't pick him. No, uh, DCL's hat trick. Two of them were relative mm-hmm. tap ins. No, not slating him, just couldn't pick him. I thought Richarlison kind of stirred the drink. He was, he was, you know, he said he had the assist for Jaimez's goal. Mm-hmm. He had the header for Michael Keane's tap in. Uh, he was all over the place, uh, looked really dangerous. So he is, uh, he's my top drawer, top boy of the week. Very so, good. Looking forward, match week three. Uh, we're going to run down these real quick. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. Starting Saturday, 7.30 a.m. here, Eastern Standard Time, Brighton hosts Manchester United. So you get to see the battle of the right backs, right? The one you have and the one you want. Let's see it. Crystal Palace hosts Everton at 10. West Brom hosts Chelsea at uh, 12.30. And Burnley hosts hosts Southampton at 3 p.m. Sunday has Sheffield welcoming Leeds at 7 a.m. 
Tottenham has Newcastle at 9. Man City is hosting Leicester at 11.30. And West Ham is hosting Wolves at 2. A little, uh, little more on that in a minute. Um, Fulham on Monday has the 1 o'clock game. They bring Aston Villa in. And Liverpool 3:15 is uh, the final match, and the they have rematch Arsenal. of the century. <clears throat> Community Shield rematch three weeks later. That's right. <clears throat> so I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. I believe West Ham's match is postponed. In fact, I'm relatively certain. Oh, as Wolves. Moyes, uh, Diop, and who was the third? Uh, Cullen. Uh, all announced that they have tested positive for COVID today. So looking forward, I don't know what that's going to do to Liverpool. Uh, we have the following week, we huh? have uh, an EFL Cup fixture on Thursday. Um, I imagine if they're canceling this one, assuming so the we'll tests yeah, so back. we'll know if they're. But the issue isn't Liverpool; it's we play Arsenal, and so we got till Monday to have Arsenal all tested and mm-hmm. figured out. Um. Hopefully that happens and everything's good. Obviously, hopefully everybody. Had, uh, hopefully this is kind of a blip. Um, yeah, we've a been, one-off. We've you been know? pretty good, or we were pretty good through Project Restart and through even the summer. So let's um, let's so, pray. So of those for Match Week Three, which one which one catches your eye off the um, top? Off the top, Man City Leicester. I mean, it's going back to just kind of. Final four race from last year. I mean, Leicester looked good. Brendan Rodgers hasn't sunk the ship yet. Vardy's still doing what Vardy does. And City, City. So I want to see if City's... I don't know if saying week three, see if they're the real deal. I mean, it's Manchester City. They'll make it work regardless. Um, but to see if Leicester can test them this week, I think will be interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm looking at... I can't... Crystal Palace and Everton. I don't think I would ever ever imagine me saying that that is a matchup the game that the I'm week, going yeah. to look at. But like I said earlier, Crystal Palace have won their first two matches of the Premier League ever. In in not top flight, but Premier during the Premier era. Uh, it's the first time they've won their first mm-hmm. two. They look good. Uh, Townsend, uh, Zaha, they're all they have this cohesion up front. Yeah. Um, they just. They look like they they're spoiler, mm-hmm. like they're they're really gonna be a spoiler. Um, so we'll see. There's some rumors about Zaha, like there always are at this time, but I'm sure Crystal Palace is asking for like 800 million pounds. So we'll Probably. see. And and Everton, right? So they've had some kind of easy matchups to start. Crystal Palace have looked the spoiler. Mm-hmm. So. How, who does what? Who breaks? Yeah. Right? The battle of the unbeatens. Two, le- right. two legends of the managerial game, Carlo Ancelotti and Roy Hodgson. To be honest, it's actually not too far off, I suppose. There's, we have legends, the stigma uh, of uh, Roy Hodgson. I mean, he's been around. He, yeah. he, Tottenham, the, the England, def, yeah. Nationals. I mean, the de- he's the, he's QPR. The, he's the number <laughs> yeah. one of the old white. English, yeah. like, retread managers, Steve right? Bruce and the like yeah. look up to Roy Hodgson. Yeah. I wish I can still Neil be coaching Warnock. when I, yeah. Yeah, oh, the, the fat, big Sam, right? You know. He looked good at West Ham for that one year when they got uh, Antonio and. Uh, That's all he does is just a, a relegation saver specialist. So, all right. Well, I uh, 
I'm hopeful that um, these nine matches will do us well. Hopefully West Ham get back on. I mean, I picked Moyes to be the first one canned. I didn't <laughs> didn't mean for this. Oof. Right? Oof. I mean, just want you to be fired. Got to be a little more specific about our predictions. Fired, bud. If we have this type of power, I'm going to start putting some bets down. That's right. That's right. So, all right. Well, I think uh, I think we're off to a flyer here. Mm. Hopefully, next week has as many goals, less VAR problems. Agreed. A lot of reds this week as well. So hopefully, we can kind of reel that in. But. Mm. But I'm excited. So until next week, I'm Adam. I'm Alex. And this is Top Drawer.